0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: All right. Well, praise God. It's good to be in church this morning. I tell you what, I'm glad to be here. Glad to see all of y'all. Amen. Let's take our songbook, turn to number 38 in the red songbook, sing Ring the Bells of Heaven. Stand with me as we sing. Number
2: 38. Let's sing it out good and strong. Ring the bells of heaven, there is joy today for a soul returning from the wild.
1: See the Father meet
2: him out upon the way, welcoming his weary, wandering child. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the loud hearts ring. Tis the of army. Like a mighty sea, feeling forth the anthem of the free. Ring the bells of heaven; there is joy today. For the wonder now is reconciled. Yes, the soul is rescued from its sinful way, and is born anew, a new, arrest of child. Glory, glory, how the angels sing! Glory, glory, how the loud harps ring. Tis the ransomed army, like a mighty sea, healing forth the anthem of the free. Ring the bells of heaven, spread the peace today. Angels, swell the glad triumphant strain. Tell the joyful tidings, bear it far away. For a precious soul is born again, glory, glory, how the angels sing, glory, glory, how the loud hearts ring, just a ransomed army like a mighty
1: sea, healing
2: forth the anthem of the free.
1: Amen. Well, praise God. It's good to be with you this morning and uh, thankful to be in church with God's people. And I know we've got prayer requests this morning. Who's got one? Miss Charlotte? Oh, <clears throat> yes, ma'am. How's your tooth? It's getting better. Getting better. All right. Well, anybody else? Number All right. Yeah, we sure lift him up in prayer. Um, y'all continue to pray for uh, my wife's, uh, I guess it'd be her cousin-in-law. Dale Meyer, he's one with Guillain-Barre syndrome. I hadn't heard a report on him. I don't know what's going on there. But we pray that God intervenes. Uh Carl Cullum, who we've been praying for, he got to come home from the hospital and uh rejoicing over that. He's doing better. He's starting, I mean, he's still on dialysis, but he's doing better. They're going to have a benefit for him next Saturday over in Paris. So pray they're able to raise some money to offset their medical costs. Um, I think I had another one right on my mind. Oh, y'all please pray for the Millsat family over in Paris. Uh, they, they lost a member of their family, somebody who I've known for many years. And, and uh, just lift them up in prayer. Yes. Yes. In prayer yes.
0: And um, I
1: have a pretty, you know, i writer, but, um, I'm a, I'm a to do so, Right. So so so, right. And we just... Yes, and we do. We praise God that Dan had such a, a successful procedure, and praying he gets feeling better and he's able to be back here with us real soon. Anybody else? Anything else? I know there's something I'm leaving unsaid, and I keep remember what it is, but God will have to, God have to honor that even though He knows my memories frail. Anybody else? Anything? All right. Well, let's let's pray for our country. Let's pray for and I and I, again I mentioned it this morning, but let's pray for Canada. Listen, they're are right. Our neighbors, right to the north there, and I mean, they're close to us. I mean, and and they're they're dealing with losing their freedoms right now. I mean, they are really losing them fast. They're arresting pastors. They're arresting. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Joanne <laughs> I was mentioning how those who are protesting the government's cracking down on everybody, they're 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 shutting their bank accounts down where they can't buy or sell. I mean, listen, this, this is a precursor to what's going to happen here. I'm just going to tell you. We're seeing in other places what's going to happen here. It won't be as easy here because, again, we have a Second Amendment. But we are going to see things begin to take place very soon in this country that going to, that's going to blow us all away. If, God, if the Lord doesn't return and if we don't get busy winning the loss to Christ, it's coming quicker than you want it to come. So we need to be lifting up our, our country lifting up preachers, lift up the pastors and the pulpits around this country that they'll they'll get a backbone and preach the truth and quit trying to please people and try to please God instead. Pray for a one last revival before the Lord comes. Uh, God can still do it, but we need to be a praying people if we want to see him do it in this late hour. All right, anything else before we go to the Lord in prayer? Let's go to the
2: Lord in prayer this morning. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. Amen.
1: As soon as we bow to pray, I remembered. Erica's mother and dad. Let's remember and keep them in our prayers. All right? All right. You may seated. <laughs> Take the name of Jesus with you. Number 33. Take
2: the name of Jesus with you. Child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you.
1: Take it then
2: wherever you are name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of him, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of him. Take the name of Jesus ever, as a shield from every snare, if temptations round you gather, That holy name in prayer, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, oh the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy. When his loving arms receive us
1: and his
2: song that comes in joy, precious name, oh how sweet, all the earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, all the earth and joy of heaven. At the name of Jesus bowing, falling prostrate at his feet, King of kings and head will crown him when our journey is complete. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. precious name, oh
1: how sweet all the earth and joy of
2: heaven.
1: Praise God. Turn to fifty seven. Number fifty-seven. When we all let's see, no, that's not the wrong one. He leadeth me. Number fifty-seven. He leadeth me. Oh bless
2: this God. Oh, words with heavenly comfort brought Whatever I do, where'er I be Still tis God's hand that leadeth me He leadeth me, he leadeth me By his own hand he leadeth me His faithful followers For by his hand he leadeth me. Sometimes it seems of deepest gloom. Sometimes where Eden's powers bloom. By water still for troubled sea. Still tis his hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me he leadeth me by his own hand he leadeth me his faithful follower i would be for by his hand he leadeth me lord i would classify
1: 71. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. <clears throat> My
2: hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust. to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace.
1: him, but he's never once trembled under me. And I so look forward someday to seeing him face to face. It's going to be incredible when this old world is no longer in the way. When the taint of sin is no longer there. I'm able to look fully on him, amen, that's going to be a day. <laughs>
0: Close
1: enough, amen, it's a little out, but it'll do for now. Well, I got to stand, y'all give me just a second. school mm-hmm. Jesus, there will never be more night, amen, because he is the light, amen, somebody say amen to that, he's the light, praise God, y'all better help me preacher, I'm going to work myself to death today, amen, I need your help, amen, I, I, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but do you realize when you say amen to a preacher, that's like taking a cup of gasoline to a fire that's barely burning and throwing it on, what happens when you do that? What happens when you tell a bad bulldog, sick them? That's what amen does to a preacher, amen? It encourages me to preach, amen? That tells me, hey, I'm hearing what you're saying, preacher, and I'm agreeing with you, amen? Keep on preaching. That's all amen means. So don't ever feel bashful about saying amen. I know somebody say, well, the Bible says women should remain silent in the church. It don't say anything by saying amen, amen? That's stand-up trying to, trying to argue, amen? But saying amen ain't nothing in the world wrong with that. So if you feel led, say amen, ladies, say amen. I have no problem whatsoever with that. Take your Bible this morning and turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 18. Boy, isn't that something? Three verses. That ought to impress you right there. Three verses, Robert. That don't impress. You've been around me long enough to know that don't impress you all, is Amen, glory to God <clears throat> all right, well God help us this morning to preach, and we're going to do just that and we're going to talk this morning. He is able to deliver thee. That's a song in our song book, ain't it? Tis the grandest theme or the ages son. Our God is able to deliver thee. Amen. It's the grandest theme. Tell the world again, our God is able to deliver thee. So by sin oppressed, come to him for rest. Let's read this morning. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. And the Bible says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. May the Lord add his blessing to His reading of his word. Father, I come before you this morning and I need you. Lord, I need you. Father, I'm a mess without you. I know I'm nothing without you. And I I plead with you to fill me and control me this morning. Speak through me the words of God. Father, I pray you'd use me today. Lord, I want to help your people. Lord, I want to be a blessing. And Lord, I know that I can't do it. You have to do it through me. So Lord, I humbly, I, I yield myself to you the best that I know how. Lord, I put myself under your hand. I ask you to cleanse me and forgive me of any known sin in my life, Lord. Lord, I pray you take control of me. I pray, Lord, you'd speak through me just the way you want it said. Use me, Lord. I'm a vessel in your hand, Lord, and I pray you touch all these other vessels. Lord, make them willing to receive what you have for them, Lord. I realize we've got to put ourselves under the spout, Lord, if we're going to receive from you. So, Lord, I pray they would, on purpose, in prayer just now, even as we're speaking now, they'll come to you and say, Lord, help me to get under the spout and receive what you have for me today. Put me where I need to be. Speak to my heart. And, Father, we'll praise you for what you're going to do. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> it came to pass as we went to prayer, Paul said. Now, they were, now, you remember where we're at, right? So I find it over here on the map again. We are here in Philippi in Macedonia. Okay? Philippi, Macedonia. And remember, he left out. He left out way over here in Antioch. So they have traveled, remember they went up through here to picked up Timothy and I and, and I caught him in Lister and Lister for a in that area. And then they took off up here and they went, they went everywhere trying to find somewhere to go and got shut all the doors. And then they got a vision over Paul got a vision over in Troas, come over to Macedonia and help us. So they followed the Lord and they had his blessing all the way. They got there and remember, there were no Jews, there was no synagogue, there was no, there was no welcome committee, there was no open door for them, so they had to wait. And then God uh, led them to uh, ask around. They found out about some women, some Jew proselytes who were meeting down at the river, and they went down, and, and last week we talked about how Lydia, Lydia, was a, she was seeking God. She was, she was a proselyte to Judaism, but she had not trusted Christ, but she had an open heart. She wanted to hear She was seeking God, and God opened her heart completely, and she received the gospel, and when he got Lydia's heart, he got all of Lydia. Amen? That ought to happen when God saves somebody. He ought to get all of them. Amen? Why? Why would you say that, preacher? We're supposed to live our own lives, right? No. Listen, God, if he buys you, you're his. Amen? I mean, if I buy a vehicle, it's mine, right? If I buy a horse, it's my horse. If I buy a dog, it's my dog. Right? My kitchen table is mine to sit at. Well, God bought me, so I'm His to do with what He pleases. God bought you; you're His to do with as He pleases. And I'm going to say something to you: God is in control of you. God, even though sometimes you feel out of control, even though sometimes you don't, you're not really sure what you're doing. God never goes, "Whoops! Oh, I lost control of you for a minute." No, God knows what's going on. Amen. And He is able, no matter what you get in to deliver you. Amen? Listen, Jesus has power, my friends. He has power. Jesus has explosive power. All the nuclear weapons of this world, all the hydrogen and atomic bombs, all of them, put together, could not match the power that is in my Lord. Amen? He has life-changing power. He has delivering power. Christ does. He has power. At any time, in any place, to deliver anyone, in any situation. Why? Because He is the living Son of God. That's why. Jesus has the power to deliver from the bondage of sin. Amen? The bondage and servitude of sin. God can set somebody free. A lot of people are in servitude either to sin, to Satan, or to themselves. Amen? Listen, listen. Everybody is serving somebody or something. I used to quote Bob Dylan. He wrote that in a song lyric years ago. You might It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Amen? Nobody on this earth doesn't serve somebody or something. Either you're serving Jesus Christ who saved your soul, or you're serving Satan. There ain't nobody else. You're going to serve one or the other. A servant, a servant, you're going to be a servant. A servant taken captive to do his will. You know, the Bible says a servant who commits sin is the servant of sin. Amen? That's what the Bible says. John John eight thirty four. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You know what, you you just go back and try to sin like you used to a little bit. You'll find yourself hooked back in that same pattern of things you did before. It's easy to get back in a rut. We were in a rut before. It's easy to get back in it. You better be careful where you go and what you do because the devil is waiting. I guarantee you he works harder than you do at keeping yourself close to God. He works harder at trying to pull you away from God than you work at trying to stay close to God. I assure you of that. the Bible also tells us in John eight thirty six, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. So, I mean, no Christian says, like, "I just can't serve God. I can't do anything. I, I'm just, I'm just in bondage." You shouldn't be in bondage. If Christ has set you free, you're free. Get up and walk. The devil, see what the devil tell, What the devil does, the devil will tell you that you're still in bondage. You know, the devil can't lay his hands on you unless God allows it he—the devil. To, to me, the devil's kind of like an evil cheerleader. He just stands over with his pom-poms and he cheers for you to do the wrong thing. And he'll, he'll pump you up like people at a pep rally. How I mean, he'll pump you up to sin? Well, you know what? You got caught up in all the pumping up and you done done it and there you are. And then he says, ha, got you, didn't I? Uh-huh, look at you now. Boy, God's really proud of you. Well, God's really thankful for you, isn't he? Boy, look at the way you at. The devil wants to turn you wrong side up, my friends. Like I said, you're either serving Satan, sin, or you're serving self if you're not serving Christ. Somebody once said that the person who has self for a master has a fool for a servant. Let me read that again. The person who has self for a master has a fool for a servant. If you're the one in charge of your life, then, then then you're a fool. I hate to say it, but that's the truth. What's important to say on this Sunday morning is that it's not if you will serve, but it's who you will serve. I want to tell somebody this morning, whether it be in here or whether it be on the Internet, that it's a joy to serve Jesus. Amen? I've never had one day where I was, where I was irritated I had to serve the Lord. Or I had one day where I was bummed out or depressed that I had to serve Jesus and I had to live for Jesus. No, 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 no. It's a joy. It's a privilege to be a part of the family of God, Amen. I've never regretted my decision to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. But as we know, serving Jesus Christ doesn't mean you're perfect. We're far from perfect, Amen. Serving Jesus Christ doesn't mean that we've arrived either. I know some preachers who think they have. I see them that swole up and sanctimonious, and you know they look down at everybody. Listen, that, 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 that's that's that's. What do they call it? Bullcorn? That's, that's poppycock, they say in England. That's ridiculous. Ain't none of us nothing but dirt and moisture held together by the grace of God. And how dare we ever think we're better than another dirt ball? Amen. That's all we are. Hallelujah. What serving Jesus Christ means is I'm not what I used to be. Amen. I'm not what I used to, listen, I'm not what I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Listen, I used to serve myself all the time. All I cared about was taking care of me, 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 whatever I wanted, feeding me, taking care of myself, only looking out for me. I had no thought of anybody else. I used to serve this world system. I wanted to be a rock and roll singer. I wanted to make rock and roll music for the world when I was a teenager. That's how stupid I was like the world needed more music to send by. I mean, listen, I was absolute an idiot, amen? I praise God that He brought me from there, amen? He got me out of that. He delivered me out of the mindset, the horribly corrupt mindset that I was in as a youth. I'm on the Lord's team now, amen? I'm not back where I used to be, praise God. I'm a servant of the Most High God, and I want to please Him, not this world, not the devil, and not anybody else who opposes God. It's God that has to live my life before. I don't care. I've told you before, I don't really care what anybody else thinks about me. I mean, I, I, I care about your opinion and feelings. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be cold and, and rude. But what I'm trying to say is your opinion to me is not nearly as valuable as God's opinion to me. Amen? So if Bible, like the Bible says, if a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. If I can please the Lord, you ought to be happy with him. Amen. And if you please the Lord, I'll be happy with you. That's what the Bible's telling us. <clears throat> but if we intend to serve the Lord, we got to be delivered from everything else that would hinder us from serving the Lord, because God's not going to take second place. Amen. Like I said before, Jesus has the power to deliver us out of any situation that we might find us in. Jesus has the power, and He has the authority to tear down any stronghold that may be built in your life. He has the power to deal with any spirit that is not of the Lord. He can take care of it. I assure you, he can. I have personal proof in my own life that I can share, but I'm not going to this Sunday morning because I don't want to rehash that old story again. But you see, the Lord had begun to build his church in this city of Philippi. Through this woman Lydia, God used her. God put her there. We talked about that last week. How how God sent those missionaries all the way just to find that one lady down by the river, and so that He can open a door to reach the city of Philippi. And the Holy Ghost had, had called the servants, and He'd given them direction. Right? He called Paul and Barnabas apart for the work, and He, he sent them out. Well, He said Paul and Silas on this one, but He called them out, and He had sent them out to do a job for Him. He'd given them the words and the power to speak those words. These were not their words. These were the words of God. So he prepared Paul, he prepared Silas, he prepared Luke, and he prepared Timothy with the words to speak when they got there. And when he prepared Paul and and Silas and Timothy and Luke to speak those words, he also prepared the ears that were going to hear those words. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God had all that laid out and prepared and planned. God had moved in that city and people had begun to get saved. In verse 14, if you'll look there, the Bible tells us that the Lord opened Lydia's heart. A certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple in the city of who, who worship which worshiped God, heard us Whose heart the Lord opened, whose heart the Lord opened when she attended to the things which were spoken of Paul, the truth of Jesus Christ flooded into a darkened heart and lit her darkness. wasn't dark there anymore, and she believed the saving gospel, and she was set free from the bondage of sin. She wasn't the same as she was before. Amen. She she changed her her mindset. She said all of a sudden, Paul, I want you and your company to stay here in my house and teach the Word of God here in my house. She wanted everybody that she knew to know that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that He's her Savior, and He's the Lord of her life. That's what she wanted to let everybody know. She she had found real love, amen? She had experienced real, genuine love pure love, and she, her heart was flooded with it. She couldn't contain it all, and she wanted everybody to have some of what she had got. Isn't that the way all of us should be? I agree. I think that's the way all of us should be, full of love so much so we can't hold it and we got to share it with somebody else. (coughs) I want you to know something, though, with all that going on. It didn't take long before the devil took notice. He said, "I, I got to go disrupt all that stuff going on down there in Philippi." Hey, listen, they're, they're treading on his territory, y'all. This is the this is this is where the the, the great Greek Empire used to be. This is where Alexander the Great. Uh, 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 Philippi, I think it's actually named after Alexander the Great's dad, King Philip. So th- th- there's been a lot of I mean, this was a, you got all the Greek gods and all that garbage and all that mythology and all that stuff. All that, again, they're coming back to Babylon. But all that stuff, these pagan, heathen people. And this is the devil's territory. And Paul and them are gone into there and winning these, these Greeks to the Lord. The devil said, i got to stop that." Look at our verse, chapter, chapter 16, verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. I like those first four words, or those first five words. And it came to pass. There's a song somebody wrote that said, it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. I like that. You know why? You know why it came to pass? You know why it happened? You know why these things took place? It happened because God ordained it to happen. That's why it happened. This was no accident. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in accidental things taking place. I believe in divine appointments because we have a God who's in charge of it all. I believe in a sovereign God who's always in control. Amen? I don't believe there's any such thing as luck. Matter of fact, I I try my best not to ever say the word luck because I don't believe in luck. Luck is superstition. I don't believe in superstition, amen? I believe in God. God is continuously working in his church. He's orchestrating things to bring his will to pass in his church. Things don't happen in the Lord's church by luck, accident, or coincidence. Amen? Amen? All right. All right. Just checking. I see if y'all are still awake. You know, when we're little, we sing, or I don't know if you sang it or not, but I sang it, He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. We sing that, you know, and, 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 and we sing that song because we believe that he's truly got the whole world in his hands. But when we get a little bit older, we seem to, that seems to get foggy in our memory that God has truly got it all and, and that, that he not, nothing slips his attention. I'm thankful this morning that nothing in my life that I'm ever going to face, ever, is going to be a surprise to my heavenly Father. Amen? And this damsel who was possessed with the devil and was a fortune teller was not a surprise to God. God knew this was going to happen. He allowed this interaction to take place. Why? For his glory. Amen? Let me just say to you this morning, I can serve God. You know why? Because God is a sovereign God. And I know that God is sovereign. That means God is in charge of it all. Amen? He is the head honcho of it all. He is in charge. Amen? The reason why I preach, the reason why we sing, the reason why we work for God is that because while we're doing all these things, we know that God is working as well. Amen? The Bible tells us there, They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. So we know that when we're doing the work of God, again, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class or whether it's carrying an Auburn plate or whether it's preaching or whether it's cleaning or whether it's taking care of the babies in the nursery, whatever it may be, cooking food for the fellowship meal, we are serving God. God is working alongside us, helping us. You know, these apostles, they didn't slow down and kick up their feet at Lydia's house just because they'd seen some victories take place. So, oh, boy, we've done a good job. Let's sit around here and pat ourselves on the back for a while. No, they kept working. They kept working. They didn't rely on past victories. They, they, they kept on working, looking for God to do more. Amen? We ought to always be looking for God to do more and never rely on what he's done in the past. Amen? As long as you have breath in your lungs, there is a work for you to do for Jesus. I posted a little thing this week about uh, where uh, D.L. Moody had gone uh, somewhere. I can't remember where he'd gone, and, and he preached in the morning service, and he said, I've never seen such a dead church in my life. It took everything just to get through the preaching. And that, he, said, he said, I almost didn't go back that evening. But during that evening, during that afternoon, there was an elderly widow in that church who went to her sister and said, we really need to pray. I really feel like God needs to move in our church and I'm burdened for the coldness there. And they prayed and fasted that afternoon. and set lunch aside, and they prayed and fasted. And the power of God set in that night, and Moody said it was electricity in the air. And he'd never seen anything like it. And he gave invitation, and scores of people received Christ. He said, I had them step down because I didn't think they must have understood what I was doing because of the deadness that morning. He said, I went through the gospel again, and they all, the same ones, stood up and said, yes, we trusted Christ you never underestimate the power of one soul praying to God and asking for His power. Amen. But they kept on working. They kept on working. They kept on working. The same Holy Ghost that speaks to you in here on Sunday morning will speak to the sinner out there at the gas pump or in the grocery store or on the doorstep. God keeps working when we walk out these doors. Amen. Let me tell you, however, though, most times, dedication to God is going to lead to a confrontation with the devil. Don't let that discourage you. Don't let that discourage you. Romans seven twenty one. Paul said, I find a law then uh, that, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Amen? Whenever I try to serve God, the devil's going to show up and try to get in the way. He always does. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever experienced that in your life? You try to do good and serve God, and it seems like everything falls out from under you? The devil don't want you to, to succeed. Their dedication led to an altercation. Amen? The devil doesn't want you to succeed. He wants to get in your way. He wants to distract you. He wants to discourage you. He wants to make you doubt God's power and God's love for you. He will try to do everything he can to stop you. He literally can't stop you, but he can make it very difficult for you going forward. But I want to remind you what the Bible says in First John 4:4. The Bible says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them for because greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. He tries, but he cannot be successful if we turn ourselves over to God. See the devil don't want you to enjoy your Christian life, amen. Most people, I say most people, a lot of Christians they go through Christian their Christian life with a horrible look on their face. They're just grimacing all the way through it. They got a sour look on their face, look like they fell off the back of a hearse and had wild persimmons juice for breakfast, amen. They're, they're all sour, grown up. Rawr, I'm saying, well, I mean, good night. Tell your face and your attitude. God wants us to enjoy it, not endure it. He wants us to look, uh, the, the devil wants us to look sad. The devil wants us to look tired and unhappy as we come to church and go home. He wants us, oh, preach, preach so long. Oh, I'm not picking on you, Robert. I'm just talking. Oh, what time is it? Good Lord. thing working. Listen, we didn't come to church to get out. We came to get in. Amen? They used to say, don't, don't back in, amen, where you can get out real quick or nothing. But the devil wants to silence us as we go about our week in between. He wants to keep us quiet. He wants—listen to, to me—he wants us to see ourselves as a burden rather than a blessing, so we won't get involved where we could help. I'm telling you the truth this morning. That's how he works. He plays upon your sensibilities. He tries to make you feel, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to intrude. But if God wants you to get in the middle and be a blessing, then get in the middle and be a blessing. John 16, these things have, have I spoken unto you, that in me, not in the world, but in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. He told you it's going to happen. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You're in me. You're not in the world. So in me, while you're in the world, listen, you're going to face tribulation, but I got you. That's what he's saying. I got you. Listen, that's just, like, that's just like a parent saying, hey, it's going to be a bumpy road, but hang on, we'll be all right. I got you. Or, or it's going to be a bumpy whatever. Uh, listen, first time you rode a roller coaster, you know, I got you. Don't worry, you're not going to fall out. I got you. That's so, the way okay, God wants us to know. He's got us, amen. We don't have to worry. He said, I've got you. I've overcome the world. First Peter 4.12, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. See, don't think it's strange when you find yourself in the middle of a fight, a spiritual fight, that you didn't start. You'll find yourself there sometimes. You'll find yourself right in the middle of a battle, and you didn't have nothing to do with it, but here you are. Can I tell you something? Jesus has already won. He's already won. He doesn't want you to fight. He just wants you to stand there and be a witness for him. He just wants you to be who you are in the Lord and proclaim him. He's going to fight for you. You hearing me? All right, verse 16 again. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her master as much game as soup saying. They didn't go looking for her. She came looking for them. they just going about their business. They're just going off to the prayer making. This girl was possessed by a devil. Now, we need to have a little picture in our mind of her. This was a young slave girl. She had been sold by her parents or stolen from her parents. She had been sold off into slavery. She was not in control of her life. She was at the whim of somebody else. They told her what to do, where to go, and they made sure she was where they wanted her to be doing what they wanted her to do. Like I said, she was a young slave girl She was in bondage, physically in bondage And she was spiritually in bondage She had the spirit of divination Divination It was an evil spirit That means she was a fortune teller or a soothsayer She had a spirit of witchcraft on her The Greek word for a spirit of divination Is the word that gives us Well, it's actually the word pothons that's where we get the word python, for the python snake. That ought to tell you right there that fortune tellers lie. Amen? They're, they're, they're called python, paphos, or pithos, or how you say it. But, and, and for those of you who don't understand how fortune telling works, let me explain to you how that stuff works. Those people are able to seem convincing, and here's why. Those people are possessed. Those people have an evil spirit in them. Those evil spirits are not carnal like we are. They're, they're, they, they, they live forever. They're spirits. okay? They're not in a fleshly body. So those spirits are not bound by, say, 80 years of time. So when you go into someone like that and you say, I, I, you know, I want to talk to my grandmother who passed away 50 years ago, and, and see, the spirit that's in them knows the spirit that's around you. You know there's devils watching you all the time. You know there are devils who watch you and follow you and love to trip you up and get you, tear you down and destroy your life. Those devils know your family. They know your grandma. They watched her. They's around. So when that woman sits down and she goes into her little routine, the devil that, that knows you is talking to the devil that's in her. And that's how they're able to come out with some of the things they're able to come out with. They're not giving you some good information. You're talking about evil spirits that lie. They said, well, oh, Grandma wants you to know that she loves you. Well, of course she did. She was your grandma. But that ain't that ain't Grandma talking. Amen? That's how that mess works. So the, the place, there's a place known as Delphi. And it's, it's way down here, south of Philippi. That's where this girl had to come from. That's where she got this. Uh, and, and there was a person there at this place called Delphi, which they thought was the center of the earth or the center of the universe. And they had this thing in there that looked like a, they called it a navel of the earth. And, and there was a person there uh, who told the future. They were called an oracle. And the place was known as Pitho or Pytho. And, again, it was due south of Macedonia. So that's where all this divination, all the stuff that arose from. That's where this girl more than likely got all this stuff. So, so anyway, that's the situation. That's the state of this young woman. But let me just say to you this morning, just to be clear, that a child of God can never be indwelt by an evil spirit or a devil. There's no way a saved person can ever be indwelt or possessed by a devil because it is impossible for the devil to evict the Holy Ghost of God. And there ain't no way that the Holy Ghost of God is going to share space with the devil. Amen? So, but here's what can happen. A child of God can be overcome with sin in their life and be oppressed by a devil. I'll give you an example. Has any of y'all ever been up, up high somewhere looking over the edge, looking down, and you heard a voice in the back of your head say, Jump? Well, I I'm I'm telling you, I have I have had have had things like that happen. I was sitting on a deer stand one time and I had a voice say to me, Shoot shooting. My son was right up the road on a little bucket watching. I'm not talking about Jackson, I'm talking about my oldest. And, I mean of course I mean I cast down that thought immediately, but I believe with all my heart that's the devil trying to put thoughts in my head. Amen. You cast down the Bible says casting down imagination. Amen. But I'm telling you the devil he's he will he will he will try his best to to put thoughts in your head. He will try his best to sway you, to pull you, to manipulate you, to get in the way of God's plans. That's all he wants to do. The devil is in the business of exploitation. Exploitation is the action of treating someone unfairly in order to benefit from their work. Told you, I told you last week, That was just a copycat. He just likes to copy God. He, he just likes to try to rip off God. He, he's not original. He don't have a thing original. He just mimics. He just pantomimes. He tries to pretend. That's all he knows how to do. And, and, and he'll use somebody until he uses them up, and then he discards them like yesterday's trash. And this poor little girl had been used and manipulated by everybody in her whole life. It was sad this situation. So now she's just a pawn in Satan's hand. Verse 17, The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Doesn't seem like there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, she's, she's announcing their presence. Whenever God's doing great things by the Spirit of God, the enemy is absolutely sure to show up and try to keep it from happening. He doesn't want God's Spirit to work. But he knows he can't stop the work of God. So he'll do all he can to try to discredit the work of God and to try to discourage the workers of God by association and recommendation. Now, let me, those two words there. we're We're going to look at those two words and how he does this, all right? Number one, by association, this spirit that was in this girl caused her to follow after Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy. Okay? It wasn't the girl. It was the spirit that was in her that caused her to follow them. Did you know that people can come to church with an evil spirit in them? I've had them over the years. I've had a number of them. Uh, And it ain't fun when you deal with them either. People can come and associate with the things of God and the people of God without ever trusting in God. Y'all realize that, right? Anybody can walk in these doors and shut down. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, the Bible says, "And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light." He tries. He looks. He can make himself look godly to people. He really can. Matthew 17, 15, the Bible says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. They look like a believer, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. These wolves are on all the religious channels. They're in all the mainline denominations. They're everywhere that God is trying to do anything. They want to divide the sheep. They want to get the weak ones off by themselves so they can devour them. The devil has the ability to blend in and to associate with the people of God while tearing down the work of God. See, he associates, he's smoothing all the while, working behind the scenes trying to tear things down. Mm -hmm. See, the devil knows how to wear a suit and tie. Oh, yeah. He loves to put on dress-up clothes, dress up fancy and look real slick. Uh, You know, I mean, the devil, I mean, listen, he'll deliver a sermon if you let him. If you let him in your pulpit, he'll deliver a sermon. I mean, if you, he'll usher if you let him. He, he'll teach a Sunday school class if you let him. He'll lead a youth group if you let him. He'll do anything in a church that you let him do because he is in the business of association. He wants to get in there good so he can tear it up from the inside. That's what's wrong in America and our government. Satan has got in our government. He's tearing it up from the inside. It's rotting from the inside. That's what's wrong in churches today. They're rotting from the inside. So here the, here goes the following after the men of God. I said he'll, he works by association. He works by recommendation. Verse 17, the same followed Paul and us cry, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us, the way of salvation. You picture this: every time they get ready to go anywhere, as they're walking, here comes this girl, and she she's following him, and she said, "Hey, y'all, hey, these these men right here, these are the servants of the Most High God, and they come to show us the way of salvation." And they'd be trying to witness, they'd be trying to preach, and she'd jump up and say, "Hey, listen to these guys; these are the these are men who come to show us the way." She was annoying the fire out of them. She had truth in her mouth, but she had evil in her heart. She was speaking of them with her mouth with a desire to destroy them in her heart. She was trying to use flattery. I'll tell you the devil to do that. Boy, if he can butter you up and get you to fucking your something, he'll destroy you. She volunteered her services as an unwanted spokesperson for them. She was using her words to draw a crowd and to draw attention to them. Let me just say to you this morning, and I know I'm not talking to you particularly, but I'm talking to everybody that's listening. If you enjoy the flattery and the pats on the back and titles and position, then you have a glaring open door for Satan to attack you. Because he'll put all that in your path if he can get you swole up in the head and thinking you're somebody if Kenneth Copeland, y'all know who Kenneth Copeland is, crazy-eyed Kenneth Copeland? If Kenneth Copeland endorsed my preaching tomorrow, if somehow he found me on the Internet and said, now, ah, Brandon Teague, now that's who you got to listen to, Brandon Teague, oh, it, it, would, it would unnerve me. You know why? Because people would begin to associate my preaching with his fraudulent deceit that he puts over on everybody every time he gets on the TV. I don't want anybody to associate me with Kenneth Copeland. Good night, that would turn me wrong side out. Or Joel Osteen or T.D. Jakes or Creflo Dollar or any of them. Amen. I don't want to associate with none of them charlatans. Be careful who you attach yourself to. Be careful who attaches themselves to you it ought to be more likely with the way it's put. The Bible says to test the spirits whether they be of God. You can't just let anybody into your life, folks, because everybody is going to affect you. You've got to give God veto power in your life. God, Give God the ability to say, no, you don't do that, and say, yes, sir, I believe what you're saying. I mean, listen, the devil stepped in on Jesus the same way in Mark 1, 23 through 26. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. What was he trying to do? He was trying to get Jesus killed right then. Proclaiming that. And, and Listen, he wanted to do harm. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace or shut your mouth. And come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. This ain't nothing new. Amen? Paul and the others had just began to see God pouring out his power amongst the people there at Macedonia. And he wasn't about to let the devil portray them as associating with witchcraft and fortune-telling. He, for, for heaven's sake, he didn't want them thinking, this girl's with us. Right? Recommendation. I don't want her recommendation. Listen, a political candidate, he don't want everybody endorsing him. I promise you. Ain't nobody wants the Ku Klux Klan to endorse him. Right? Any conservative candidate wouldn't want Planned Parenthood's endorsement. Well, I can tell you, a preacher don't want some devil's endorsement neither. You know, he wasn't about to let the devil be his carney barker. That's basically what she was doing. And she did it with dedication, folks. I mean, with dedication. I mean, she did it regularly. Dedication isn't always a mark of godliness, y'all. Devil's dedicated. Like I said, he's very dedicated. She followed him for days. And never again, I never doubt the devil's dedication or his faithfulness because he knows his time is short. So believe you me, he's going to be about his business. So every time they would go to preach, she would be there mouthing and trying to take the attention away. She was like a fly at a picnic. He's trying to land on your plate. She's just annoying and annoying. It was getting under Paul's skin. He'd had enough of it. Verse 18 said, and this she did many days, over and over and over, every time he tried to preach. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out the same hour. The word grieve there, it literally means Paul was wore out. He'd had all he could take. As much as life in you see that you live peaceably with all men, he had exceeded that maximum. He couldn't take any more of it, and he had to do something. Now, he was at a crossroads, and Paul had a choice, y'all. He had a choice. He could handle this thing either carnally in his flesh, or he could handle it spiritually the Lord's way. He could turn around and say, Shut up, girl, I've had enough out of you. And that wouldn't be the right way. That would be his carnal response to get down on the same level with the devil that's doing the harassing. That's what the devil wants. He's picking you a fight. He's like, come on, fight me me in my arena. Problem is, if you get down on the same level with the devil, people watching the fight can't tell the difference which is which. They can't tell who's the devil when you get down on his level. So what did the Apostle Paul do? He turned around and put it in Jesus' hands. I want you to see this. He didn't talk to the girl. Look at the verse, verse 18. He talked to the spirit that had her in bondage. Right? He turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Again, the spirit's what had her in bondage. He didn't handle it in his own carnal authority. He put it in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, the final authority. See, God, he's in the business of delivering people out of the grip of Satan. That's what he does. He delivers. Again, our God is able to deliver thee, And he is able to deliver this poor little slave girl. He delivered her out of the grips of Satan. It wasn't the words of Paul. It was the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ that delivered her. Can I ask you this morning, how's the devil hindering you? How's he hindering you? How is he working in your life to render you ineffective? Now you say, hold on, what do you mean? What do you what do you mean telling me I'm ineffective? Well, you examine yourself, the Bible says, whether you be in the faith. You examine yourself. See if you're see if you're serving God. Are you giving him all you're supposed to give him? That's all I'm asking. Who are you serving? Are you serving sin? Are you serving Satan? Are you serving self? Are you serving the Lord? I just want to say to you this morning, whether it's fear, whether it's a person, whether it's doubt, whether it's your past, whether it's some bad memory, however the devil is working to stop you from letting God use you to build the kingdom of God, in Jesus' name, give Jesus authority. Give Jesus the authority. Don't try to handle it yourself. Quit trying to get up every day and do better yourself to make it. Give it to God. Let him have it. Give him authority. Be like Lydia and let God have authority of your whole life. If we just let God have authority, so much could be done. So much could be done for the kingdom of God if we just let God have it and not handle it in our flesh. I want to tell you a story before I close this morning. I read this this week. Actually, I I think I read it. Maybe, uh, maybe, Maybe it was told. but There was a woman who was in a prayer meeting. And in that prayer meeting, she got convicted. She got convicted because she had not let God have control of her whole life. And so she in that meeting, she told God while she was praying, she said, I'm willing, I'm willing to do anything that you want me to do, Lord, as long as it's not criminal, unethical, or immoral. Because I know you would never ask me to do anything that was, it was either criminal, unethical, or immoral. But But beyond that, anything you ask me to do, Lord, I'm willing to do it for you. So she left that meeting and she headed home. And along the way home, she stopped at a red light. And at that red light, the Holy Spirit of God had her look over the convenience store. And as she saw that convenience store, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to her in her heart and said, go inside that store and stand on your head. And immediately she dismissed the thought as something ridiculous. And then God spoke to her heart again. He said, I thought you said you'd do anything I asked you to So she pulled into the convenience store parking lot and she walked inside. The store was completely empty, nobody in there. She was hesitant for just a minute, but then she said, Okay, Lord, I'll do it. And she stood on her head in the middle aisle of that store. And immediately she was shocked, she heard a scream. And she stood back up on her feet. The clerk had come out of the ladies' room and screamed when she saw her. She said, I was just in the restroom praying. My life is a complete disaster. And I said, God, if you are real, prove it to me or I'm going to kill myself. When I walk out of this door, have somebody standing on their head in the store. And I walked out and there you were. I said, what's that got to do with this message? It's got to do with us obeying God and doing it his way. And I know that's that's just one little tiny far out example. But I think about this. I wonder how many times somebody has just drove on through the light without turning in, without touching somebody's life, without being a, a little bit odd for Jesus' sake. I think about Isaiah the prophet who laid on his side naked because God told him to do so. John the Baptist lived out in the wilderness and ate locusts and wild honey and, 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 and camel hair. And, and, I mean, listen, God's told people to do some strange things over here, and I'm not telling you that every time... Somebody has ideas down on their head, they ought to do it. But what I'm trying to tell you is God will use you. God has so many things that we could do if we would just trust him and obey. If we would just follow him. If we would just say, God, I am yours. I am your instrument. I'm not going to handle things in my flesh. I want to handle things according to your word. I want to do things to honor you and to glorify you and to bring more people into the kingdom of God. Lord, let my life be a light, shines and shows the world that you are the Savior and you are the one that they need. Oh, what would happen if we just get serious about being Christians and turn it all over to Jesus and let him have our life? Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song of invitation here in just a moment. God, speak to your heart this morning. I heard you. I urge you to come to the Lord and, 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 and talk to Him about it. Those things, maybe some fears in your life, maybe some things that hesitate, cause you to hesitate from giving God your all. I urge you to come to Him, and I urge you to let Him have three seventy-five. I urge you to let Him have what whatever's holding you back. Turn it over, and Lord, here I am. Do something with my life that me be a blessing. Father, please bless the invitation. We ask you in Jesus' name for your sake. Amen.